There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show. Wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, so one more than 1,000 parliaments across Europe have signed a letter strongly opposing plans by Israel to annex parts of the occupied bank, which, of course, is going to cause enormous amounts of trouble, as you know. It's going to cause, yeah, problems. More than 240 uh, signatories and our legislators in Britain. Let's talk to Jerry Lewis, London correspondent for Israel Radio. Uh, Jerry, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, James. Um, you better you better tell us the full story because it doesn't seem like the British uh, media is uh, talking about this at all. Well, one or two parts of the media have touched on it. It's a very complicated story, not quite as you uh, announced at the beginning. First of all, Mark Regev, the ambassador, left at the end of last week. Yeah. He's gone back oh. to Israel. He's done his term of office, and I think he was the spokesman you were referring to. He was the yeah, ambassador. I've, I mean, I've yeah. spoken to him a few times. I just want, but. Uh, um, apparently there is nobody at the embassy that could, could yeah. talk to the media. Yeah, he's left now. I, I saw the other day the pictures, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just look at the situation with Israel. Uh, and I make this very clear right from the beginning. I explain what Israel's position is. I don't defend it. I work yeah. for the equivalent of the BBC in Israel, so I can't take a side. The right in Israel, far right, and the moderate right wings of the political spectrum believe that they've got a claim on parts of the West Bank. Mm. It was never officially Jordanian. It's disputed territory. The opponents to the claims from Israel maintain it is an illegal occupation that Israel is carrying out. Israel turns around and says, well, it's not an occupation. It was nobody's territory before. There never was a Palestinian state prior to 1967 or 1948. So the Palestinians can't claim it as theirs. What Israel maintains very strongly is there should be negotiations with the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And that's what Donald Trump and his crew have tried to facilitate. It is not to the liking of the Europeans, especially not to certain European countries, and that includes Britain and lots of other international countries who take a view <coughs> that Israel shouldn't be so expansionist. Um, OK, well, we, we should talk to some from the embassy when they've got a new uh, ambassador, I suppose. Uh, but should um, should the United Kingdom not have been involved more with these discussions rather than the Americans? I mean, we are the nation that actually helped found Israel. Agreed, absolutely. 
But is, Britain has abdicated its responsibilities. In 1948, they left the area. They left it to the United Nations to split the country in two parts, the Arab side and the Israeli side. Uh, that was done. The Arabs, unfortunately, attacked Israel in 1948, and it's been the scene of contention ever since. Israel was under the previous administrations, under the Labour Party and other governments, prepared to make some offers uh, of conciliation and to agree a, a full settlement with the Palestinians. They had the marvellous opportunity when a guy called Ehud uh, Olmert was the Prime Minister and also his colleague Ehud Barak. They both offered deals to the Palestinians, firmly rejected, and in those circumstances it's been a stalemate ever since. Well, it actually moves more to the right, doesn't it, as a consequence, when they don't manage to get peace, it seems to lurch more. Absolutely. Just bear in mind one small factor. Lots of the people who live in the West Bank aren't necessarily addicted to the ideas of the far right or the right wing in Israel. Some of them have gone there for cheap housing, which has been the policy of the governments, successive governments in Israel. And if they had the opportunity, I've no doubt they could move back into Israel proper, uh, as some people see it, if they were given proper housing. But it does strengthen strengthen negotiations, I suppose. They're more negotiation chips, I suppose, for, for... Absolutely, absolutely. And it's not an easy one. You predicted at the beginning of your opening there could be an all-out war. Israel is maintaining, look, all we're doing is taking some of the existing settlements that's built on already housing into Israel proper, giving it uh, legal and administrative uh, uh, controls over Israel's controls over those particular sections of the West Bank. And there are actually Palestinian villages within Israel, aren't there? Uh, there are Arab, lots of Arab villages and towns up north in Israel, where even in Haifa, Israelis and Arabs live very happily side by side. Without any <clears> but they don't want Israelis living in the in the Palestinian part. That's difference the... between Arabs and Palestinians. They're not quite the same. So make that make right. it very clear. What is important is that the government itself is split. Netanyahu uh, won an election, but could only take power. Uh, with the agreement of part of the opposition, led by a guy called Benny Gantz. He changed sides from being on the centre and middle left, if you can call it that way, to join Netanyahu. But the Netanyahu <coughs> and Gantz, who is the alternative prime minister, are at daggers drawn on this issue. They haven't agreed. We'll, we'll keep, uh, keep in touch, Jerry, and uh, see how this goes over the next few months. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Airports are warning of 110,000 job losses as the coronavirus pandemic devastates flying holidays to Europe, Caribbean, and anywhere you can think about it. They're talking about air bridges, but um, how are the airlines ever going to get back? And it looks as if uh, Gatwick Airport's uh, f- complete existence may actually uh, come into um, mm, come into question, which is uh, horrendous, really. But, it, you know, maybe we can all get on more without flying so much. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, Let's yeah. talk to Lisa Francesca Nand, a presenter of the Big Travel Podcast. Yeah, Lisa. Hello, nice to speak to you both. Hello. Well, you say that now. Yeah. Um, I've always said that, James. You always used to bring me courgettes, I remember, when I was with you on TalkSport. Is that a euphemism? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I do. I you remember. Do have good of course, calls. I remember. Nice calls yet, yeah. I just think you know. I just, I just think you had eyes for for Ash. Well, that's just but, a natural but, thing, but, isn't it? Red-blooded woman doesn't. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, listen. Before we, yeah, before we have a, a, a chat, um, let's talk about this air bridges and uh, the the end of flying as we know it. What's going on? Oh, it's terrifying, really. And we've been saying this since the beginning of, of lockdown. In the aviation industry, the travel industry, all over the world, things were being hit hard anyway. You know, here, Brexit meant a few, uh, you know, closures. Who would have thought that Thomas Cook would have gone? Who would have thought that yeah. Monarch, IBMI, all yes. these big That was names. before the coronavirus, wasn't it, Thomas Cook? As well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was before the coronavirus. You know, we were in trouble before the coronavirus. And that airline, what was the little airline that did the local flights that went? BMI, Flybe. Yeah. You know, all the big names that people used to take all the time and, um, yeah. you know, now they've gone. And that was that was exactly right. That was before the coronavirus crisis. So, you know, the airline and the aviation industry is in a major uh, bit of trouble. And, you know, let's not forget that that cascades down, doesn't it? All those jobs, mm. engineering, the catering, you know, the people working at duty free. Um, you know, the, the baggage handlers uh, now at Gatwick, of course, looks like they're going to make a lot of them uh, redundant. Affects everything. You know, the, the cleaners, the people that make mm. the food, the people that do the catering, the people who, you know, feed them. The, the whole local economy, you know, the restaurants and exactly. the, the housing market, I suppose everything is affected. Exactly. All around the, you know, the airport areas. It's just the, the horror of it. You know, it's not just about oh, you can't go on your holiday this year and people, you know, saying, shall we or shall we go on holiday? Um, it's about all that industry around it. And it is really terrifying. You know, you've got BA talking about making thousands of job cuts. Uh, Virgin talking about making three or 4,000. TUI talking about making up to 8,000, I think. And like you said, you know, Gatwick going, BA possibly pulling out of Gatwick. It's all, it sounds like a horror story, but it actually could be, could be very real. No, uh, I mean, I was thinking uh, in the next weekend or so, I might jump in my car and drive down to uh, Honfleur in Normandy, where I used to have a house. And uh, I don't think you can do weekend. that. It's got to be no, essential. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, you can't. Yes. No, you can. You can go. You yeah, can go you can't isn't come it advised back, can you? that, yeah, you have to come back for two weeks. You'll have to be. Uh... Oh, yeah, of course. You have to quarantine when you Mind come you, back. you yeah, are quarantined yeah. anyway. Yeah, but I can't really yeah. do that. I, no. You know, no. <laughs> I think that will be. I can't suddenly say I want to take two weeks off when I'm, no. you know, yeah. You can present the, the show from home, can't you? Because I know you've done that before. But anyway, no, you're right. doing I'm, it. I'm, I'm doing it now from home. Yeah, it's been for know. about the last year now. It wouldn't yeah. change anything to you. But for lots of people, you know, they can't quarantine. They've already had all this time or they might be furloughed. If you can, if you're self-employed or can work from home, great. Go on holiday now. You can get an absolute bargain. But not many people can, you know, go on, afford to go on holiday for two weeks and then come back and quarantine for two weeks. However, I mean, how long is this quarantine going to stay around? I think it will probably be, um, you know, gone not, at least by yeah. the end of the month. Or, as you mentioned previously, the air corridors or air bridges that they're talking about. We reckon those will probably be in place with the main countries who go on holiday, Spain, um, France, Greece. Um, so we have an agreement that people don't have to quarantine when they come here and we don't yeah. have to quarantine when we go there they think that'll be hopefully be in place by the 1st of july but the 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 government's um briefings they change daily on this you know they, well, no one even knows what the rules are now no one bothers you just have to try you know because it changes every other day um 
Lisa Francesca Nand, former presenter on Talk Radio, now presenter of the Big Travel Podcast. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, welcome to Sean Bailey, uh, who pledges to reverse the congestion charge if he becomes mayor in the next mayoral elections. Good evening to you. Uh, you've organised a petition and you've pledged to reverse it. Um, but uh, apparently, according to a Labour spokesperson, the Tory government forced TfL to bring forward urgent proposals to increase the scope and level of the congestion charge as part of the recent funding deal. It is clearly written in the deal for all to see. The Tories should stop this desperate nonsense immediately and apologise for lying. I'll sure. say two things. I'll say two things to that. Firstly, we're in this position because Sadiq Khan ran TfL's um, finances into the into the ground. TfL were bankrupt long before COVID struck. The second piece is, if I'm lying, why on Good Morning Britain did Sadiq Khan himself admit that it's his decision, his and TfL, he's a chairman of TfL's decision to increase the scope of the congestion charge and also increase the cost? He admitted that himself. The reason London Labour are putting out these things is because they've just realised how unpopular it is to people, but more importantly, how it's going to crush business in London just as we need to help those businesses rebuild our economy and also all of the um, emergency workers who have to work, who have to social distance, can't use their cars because of this because they would pay hundreds of pounds. It's a two-tier system, so the rich, it won't affect them and the poor is like the man in the van, it's going to affect him and this is the Labour mayor. Exactly. And if you speak to anybody who runs a small business who needs to move around in a, in a little van, if, if anything mm. from a florist to a builder, anybody, they'll tell you this is the difference between taking... And nobody or nobody drives really because they like it. I mean, I live a long way from a, a railway station. I mean, I could drive in, but it seems pointless. I can just get on the motorway and drive into London. I park just outside the congestion charge. And also, when I go uh, home in the evenings, it can be uh, later than, um, uh, yeah. you know, finish about 10. Then it's a bit of a chat afterwards. And who knows what time. I don't want to be travelling late at night on uh, public transport when they're just And people just at the weekend might want to just come for lunch in London. Yeah. They won't come anymore. No, nobody's going to come. It's 15 quid a day. I, look... The bottom line is this. This is not about people driving around in circles in London for fun. This is about people who have to use their car for, for safety reasons. So I spoke to a young woman who works very late and said the difference between driving home and not is, is, is fear. It's very different. Yeah. I spoke to hundreds of businesses who have said, Sean, I may have to lay people off and I certainly won't take anybody on if, if I'm having to pay these charges. And the thing is this. We don't drive our cars for the fun of it. We drive our cars only necessary. Things like parking and traffic make driving difficult enough. So this isn't about driving for fun. This is about building businesses. This is about keeping people safe. And this is about social distancing. Mm -hmm. And you know the congestion charge has now gone up until 10 o'clock at night. And it's on weekends as well. So if you were figuring on coming to London for the weekend... Uh, and maybe taking a trip out to somewhere like, uh, oh, I don't know, lots of the outlying um, uh, tourist spots in and around London, it's going to cost you 15 quid every day. Plus, what if you means, park James? in London, it's going to cost you 50, 60 quid a day. Sorry. Well, what it means is people won't come. 
And in London, one of our proudest boasts are we're the engine of the UK economy. Well, if that's the case, let's have some oil for this engine. And that means people, initially, this wouldn't be forever, but it means initially people have to be able to move around. I don't need to tell everybody what, what the effect of lockdown has been on our economy. Mm. I don't need to tell everybody if our high streets die, it really affects the neighbourhood around it. And this is about defending jobs, our high streets, letting people move around mm. safely and quickly. And I make this point. I know that your listeners are all over the country, and many of them are thinking, London, London, who, who cares? But the point is, this is about business. This is about all of us. This is about rebuilding our economy. We need London to tick, and this measure is completely the wrong thing to do at this time. Talk Radio should get you and uh, Sadiq Khan and anybody else who's standing in the mayoral race, which is, what, is it in November this year? It's not happening now, is it? Oh, it's not happening. It's postponed a year. It won't happen until May next year. It's been postponed a year because of the COVID outbreak. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. Well, at some point, uh, get you together. I'd love to hear you arguing it out. James, you know I'd love to do that, but there's two things I say. If you want a sensible conversation, you might have to get us on one by one, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you Sadiq Khan won't turn up. The rest of them, they've got their good sorts. Sean and the rest of them, I speak to them all the time. Of course, we don't agree on everything, but we're at least civil. They, they, they come with real with real suggestions, even the ones I don't quite agree with. But I think mm. sometimes all Khan does is throw mud, muddy the waters, and dodge people. He's constantly dodging, taking any of us on, not just me. Sean, thank you very much indeed. I'm sure we will talk again in the near future. Uh, And thanks for coming on and explaining this. Sean Bailey, candidate for the Mayor of London next year. Thank you. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. One of your particular friends. um, A friend of of yours as well. Yeah, but I think you were more friendly. Well, I don't know about that. I think you were. I was probably more of a friend than you were, yeah. I mean, that's... I think she liked you more than me. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. With a Uh, lava lamp. Would you have a lava lamp on? I probably would, yeah. I probably would have done. Along with my... uh, And a caftan. um, Would you have had uh, joystick burning? I did have uh, joysticks. I've still got joysticks here now if you come into my house. Um, I've always said that, James. You always used to bring me courgettes, I remember, when I was with you on TalkSport. Is that a euphemism? (laughs) 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 Yeah. I haven't burnt my face, it's just brown. Well, it's red. Well, it's not red at all. It's red. What it's are like you, you burnt yourself or something. What's that? And, yeah, man, and his manservant. <laughs> I've not got a manservant. Oh, sorry, yeah, he hasn't got a manservant on air. You've there retweeted your own Twitter. thing. How vulgar. You retweet your own video. That is really vulgar. Well, I thought that's know, what you were meant to do. You no, told me I had to do I mean, now you know it's like twice in a row. Just look. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.